This is KUT 90.5. I'm Nathan Bernier. President Trump says he will not sign legislation protecting hundreds of thousands of young people brought to the country illegally as children unless Congress agrees to his other priorities to change the immigration system. Any legislation on DACA must secure the border with a wall. It must give our immigration officers the resources they need to stop illegal immigration and also to stop visa overstays. And crucially, the legislation must end chain migration. It must end the visa lottery. If we have support from the Democrats, I think DACA is going to be terrific. By DACA, he's referring to Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, a program created by an executive order issued under the Obama administration that allowed children brought to the U.S. by their parents illegally before 2007 to be issued temporary work permits if they meet a number of criteria, such as they have to be in school or have graduated or have been honorably discharged from the military. Also, they can't have committed serious crimes. There's about 800,000 DACA recipients in the United States. Now, today... Both chambers of Congress are back in session for the first time this year, and Congress members in both parties, including Republican Bill Flores, whose district includes part of Austin, appear ready to strike a deal to establish legislatively a system for the DACA recipients, the so-called DREAMers. It's got to be something that does something for everybody. So border security, visa tracking and enforcement, Mm -hmm. and uh, something for the dreamers as well. You put those three things together, it should be bipartisan. You'll have elements on the far fringes of each uh, ideological spectrum that will be against it. But most of the 90 percent in the middle Mm -hmm. will be solidly behind it. Republican House member Bill Flores speaking on KBTX TV and Brian. Now, as Congress tries to work out a deal on DACA, it's been a very uncertain time for these dreamers. 120,000 of them are in Texas, many of them in Austin, including Irving Calderon. Irving, thanks for coming to KUT. Thank you for having me. How long have you been in the United States? So I was brought to America when I was seven months old. To me, I feel like I've always been here. Like there, I don't know any other country but the U.S. Where did your parents bring you from? Uh, Mexico. What is your immigration status right now? Right now I'm under DACA, but it expires in October of this year. So your permit expires in October? It does, yes. The uncertainty happening right now, how's that been affecting you and your planning? I was just thinking about this because I was thinking about my apartment and I was like, I need to re-sign my lease. But I was wondering if I should re-sign my lease because if nothing gets done before October, I won't be able to pay that lease anymore because... I won't have a job. And so even little things like that are kind of like on a standstill. So I'm kind of not certain what to do. And even regards with my job, like just getting ready. I have some savings, but just getting ready to in case if nothing gets done and I have to like basically go move back in with (laughs) some friends or someone else to help support me while we go through this transition. What is your job? I work with General Motors as an IT analyst, and I've been I've been working there for three years since I graduated from UT. In what ways has having a work permit under DACA benefited you? It made a tremendous difference because when I was in in college, my biggest worry was not being able to do anything with my degrees. There would just be papers on a wall that I can't use. And that was my biggest concern all the time, like test, exam, finals. That wasn't my biggest problem. (laughs) My biggest problem was just worrying about not being able to do anything after that. So DACA allowed me to pursue my career at General Motors 
as an IT analyst. And then um, it also gave me the opportunity to get my first car. Um, I got my first license at 21. I've never had a license. So even something like that is really meaningful for me. <laughs> and yeah, just having that security that I won't be deported. It, it's just it made me feel a little normal for the first time in my life. How old are you now? I'm 26. Have you imagined what it would be like to be deported if that were to happen? I mean, I don't try to think about it too much, but it is like a plan D <laughs> as far back as I can. Um, but it's pretty painful because I feel like I can live anywhere, but America is my home. And that's what I have my roots here. I have my family here. I have my friends here, coworkers here. Everything that I've done is in America. Like, I feel completely American. So it doesn't matter where I go. I'm still American. But... Knowing that I would have to start from scratch, not knowing the language, like I speak English a lot better than I do Spanish. So like going to Mexico would be definitely a foreign land. Like I've never been there. I've never even met my family from Mexico who who's been who never came to the U.S. So it would be a transition, a very hard transition. How closely do you follow what's happening in Washington with the politics of all this? I have a good pulse on it, but I definitely, just for my mental stability, I have to, like, stay away a little bit from Twitter and from all the the news that they just, they're not really, really reporting anything new. They're just like, oh, we have a deal, we're coming up, or they're talking about it, but nothing's really being done. Or I'm not, like, on a minute-by-minute minute basis, like, updating my, uh, checking my stat, the status or my news feed or whatever. For your own mental health, probably. <laughs> it, is, right? it is, it is, yeah. It's, it's, it's a toll, like, just... In these last few months, I haven't been able to sleep very well. And it's been something that's that's been affecting me. Like, the last two days, I've only gotten, like, three hours of sleep every day. Um, and it's just waking up, like, at four in the morning and just for no reason feeling like I need to do something. And it's because of, like, the dream act and my situation and what what can I do. But you kind of feel a little powerless in a way. It's It's rough. Now, USA Today is reporting some hardline immigration groups appear even ready to support DACA. For example, the Center on Immigration Studies, which has encouraged less immigration, their executive director, Mark Krikorian, said, quote, rip off the Band-Aid and give them a green card. Blunt language, mm -hmm. still not necessarily something you would have expected to hear last year. How have you seen attitudes shift over DACA in the last 12 months or so? Uh, to be honest, the biggest benefit of DACA, because it's always been a Band-Aid, I was always afraid that it could just be taken away by a swipe of a pen, and it, and it was. The biggest benefit of DACA, I feel like it gave a face to the dreamers. It gave proof that these are Americans and allowed them to see who they are, their lives, and all these activists and senators bringing out these stories. It's putting a face to it, and I think that's so important because many people who don't understand the situation just don't know that there's a difference between a dreamer and, like, someone who just came to the United States. You know, that's a misconception, and they just put them all together in the same group, and it's it's not... Uh, the dreamers are in a, a, a little different situation. So DACA allowed that to be seen by... America, and that's, that's why you have all these approval ratings, like high approval ratings. Irving Calderon is one of about 120,000 DACA recipients in Texas. He was brought to the U.S. as an infant, and uh, now he lives in North Austin and works as an IT analyst at General Motors. Irving, thanks for coming to KUT. Thank you very much, Nathan. Thank you. 